in this episode of the On Common Ground podcast. They finally did get to the gig, and I just remember being, like, I was so, I mean, I get it. Like, I was married for 14 years. Like, I get I get the struggles, and I just would have so much respect for them, because I was like, and you can get on stage? Like, yeah. you know, and you already covered it. You get on stage, and it's a different world, and you feel good, but I don't think people get it. Like, these are your lives, and it's you know, your personality. Even if you didn't have a partner, it's still part of being a professional, is, is you know, whenever you're, um, you know, you're... You're late, you're sick, you're this, you're that. It's still getting up there and, you know, you don't have, as a musician, you don't necessarily have a backup plan. You don't have the days off. And if you, if you cancel on a gig because you're, I, I literally had, um, what was it? It's not, um, oh, uh, bird. No, not bird flu. Bird, bird flu. <laughs> 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 Chris has bird flu. You can't say And welcome to episode 8 of the On Common Ground podcast. This is Austin, one of your hosts for season 1, along with Jordan, Allison, and our producer, Kristen. This week we're talking to Chris Hawks and Miranda Don of Don and Hawks. We had so much to talk about in this interview. We ended up chatting for nearly three hours with these two. The time just flew by. So, we decided for your ears' sake, we would release this one in two parts. This is part one. Now, aside from being a hardworking, well-accomplished set of musicians, Don and Hawks are also just genuinely great people and friends. Whether you're sitting in the audience listening to them play as a duet or full band or just having some dinner with them, their energy is always welcoming, warm, and engaging. And I thank them for that. But I think they can speak better for themselves. So let's get to the interview. Here is part one of our conversation with Don and Hawks. You guys started out playing live separately. We did. Yeah. True story. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us more. Yeah. yeah. Shortly, yeah, it was like actually shortly after we met that we first saw each other live. And it was uh, more of like a full band thing than an acoustic thing. Even though we met under the... You, bo- you both had individual full bands? Right. Okay. And she had a big full band. Mine was like an eight-piece full band. Whoa. It was like blues, soul, song, with like horn section, organ, drums. Yeah. The whole thing. Yeah. I wrote the songs on guitar and taught them to the band, but then when we actually performed, I just sang and... Um, she had to move. She'd throw her hand back like... No, it's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> She's probably a USB. <laughs> <Probably> USB. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but that was, let's see, we were playing like Momos before Momos didn't exist anymore. Um, Beauty Bar. And what like, was that called? Places. Was it just your name? or? Yeah, I was under Miranda Dawn and the Lucky Breaks, the horn section named themselves the Lucky Breaks. Cute. Yeah. So I play horn saxophone. Oh, awesome. oh, cool. Yeah. What do you play? I love saxophone. I love oh, nice. saxophone. What's yeah, we what had is a specific? Are you a tenor? Barry. Barry. That's oh, what cool. I was about to say. That's my that's my favorite. Nice. Oh. Jordan. Oh. You don't want to talk so about your saxophone. You want to talk about it. You play a sax and clarinet. That's fantastic. I'm stoked to hear you now. What do you do? Oh wait. What? He doesn't want to talk about it. Yeah, I also play saxophone. For anybody out here, I always forget that Jordan because I'm like I play sax all the time. You've never seen me play it, so. 
Well, that's why. let's make that happen. You guys should have a sexy duo. We have. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm not sure I have uh, time. Sax Um we'll, we'll make time. But you guys, you guys came together as a duo, and we did. Yeah. yeah. So we had our we had our bands. Actually, what, I mean, the element that was sort of necessary for us was to see each other sort of stripped down, just our acoustic and vocal performances. Mm-hmm. Because that, you know, the rawness of that, maybe the, the opposite of the, you know, having lots of layers of production and all that kind of stuff was being able to kind of get down to the songs yeah. and see, like, you know, just the more raw, natural thing. And I, we, that's how we both really saw each other for the first time. And I'd, that happened at a song swap, at like a, a song songwriter showcase here in town at what used to be Romeo's. Yeah. Hmm. Um, that yeah. she ran. She used to run every for songwriter. Yeah. Weekend. And Ooh. so he just showed up one night with a mutual friend and then started coming every week and showing his new songs that he was writing. Um, and so that's how we heard each other, just guitar and voice. And then he started singing and playing on one of my songs one night at the song circle. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> and he asked me if I had recorded the song that he started playing on and I hadn't. And I was like, yeah, and I need your harmonies on that song if we're going to record it. So that was our first collaboration. And then we went on tour together and it, over the course of a year that sort of organically grew together like I would play a set me and my guitar he'd play a set him and his guitar and traveling together you learn each other's songs and so we would sing harmonies on a few and people kept saying well what do you call yourselves and we were like no no we don't call ourselves like we are two different people <laughs> well like, I'm well, Miranda your... he's Chris right where's your album yeah they were like where's your album what do you well I mean so we did just put our last names together yeah yeah just that Don was... and Hawks originally Don and Hawks was a joke as a name that Miranda came up with she was like oh we'll have a country band call it Don and Hawks like yeah. Brooks and Dunn yeah, yeah. 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 that yeah. was yeah. it I was, I was exactly. totally just laughing about it yeah. and then not oh, that's our name yeah. So I'm I'm interested to know um, was it you know because you said it organically happened over a year that you decide to join forces, but during that time was it music first, romance later? It was, was very it? intertwined. Totally. Like it definitely yeah. like as each each one kind of you know worked off the other. Um, as we spent more time working on music, we spent more time getting to know each other and kind of you know. It just it went together really well, mm-hmm. and we still have this like flirty energy on stage that um, we could we could be, you know, we could have like fought the whole car ride there, and then we get on stage, we're just like, it's oh. <laughs> like about, our happy yeah. spot. It's something about That's being on stage. Yeah, it's really, um, you know, the the music and the way that we the way that we approach it, like where we come from, like our heart center on it, I, I think is what we have a lot in common, and we connect a lot that way. So and I think we should note that you two recently got married. Yeah, yeah. congratulations for those congratulations. audience members that yeah. don't know. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. That's great surprise ending. You guys didn't see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're expecting more celebrity celebrity into this. There's car wrecks involved and media tabloids. Um, so one thing we usually talk to. Our, our artists about is what they do for a living because it's like that's always you know the key is like how do you how do you survive yeah. in, right. in the world how do you pay while, rent in Austin yeah in pursuing right. that passion <laughs> um, yeah so if you guys are comfortable talking about that sure yeah we play music full time that's what we do and we've done that since we first started performing together I think you had what was your last gig 
Was it the... You mean before I started playing music full-time? Before we started playing together full-time, yeah. I had a massage studio that right. I was running. that's right. But before I you know, was only doing music, it was almost like, what hadn't I done? I'd tried so many different oh, yeah. careers. and I got a degree in business, so I helped start a lot of small businesses in town, and that was that's my other creative passion. But do you still do that? No. It's, I mean, it's been full-time music for several years now. Four years almost. Yeah, I think yeah. so. And that's just been... Not only has it been something that's sort of like wildly, passionately taken over my life, but the endeavor alone to do that full time to make a successful career that can pay rent in Austin mm-hmm. is more is like two full time jobs. Yeah, like, you know, and so um, I really feel like I can't put my attention on much of anything else until I have this like smooth sailing, which I'm not sure if it ever is smooth sailing, yeah. but uh, I'm grateful for where it's at right now. You know, like I yeah. can totally pay my rent. That's great, and I can keep creating. Yeah, it's like compartmentalized little ways of, you know, making music. And, like, live is where we're at. And a lot of our revenue stream comes from, you know, live and how things have changed with recorded music. Like we were just talking about being able to monetize mm-hmm. recorded music. So we perform live quite a bit, and that's kind of our mm-hmm. bread and butter. And I think when we first started, I was still producing a little bit, right? I tapered off some because we started playing more and more. Yeah, I don't probably think you had since we started. It's been yeah, pretty much not. four time, four years full time for you. The also. year before we start playing together was probably I think it was the most amount of shows I played. One hundred and seventy five shows that year before we started, and so we kind of picked up on some of the bookings that she had contacts she had and some of the ones that I had, and basically right. doubled back around to them and we're like, hey, so we have a duo now, so could we get. Um, no, you can't. We're like, can okay, split it. so <laughs> yeah. we're gonna figure out how to shrink over. Yeah, so we figured out how to share. We share mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. To... Well, tell me some of your favorite Austin venues because it's important to we foster the community yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. And Absolutely. just for you know, especially given recent turns of of certain events. Yeah, yeah the yeah, right. yeah, names yeah. remaining nameless. Wait, what but, are y'all talking about? Well, just Red River Street. Well, well yeah. The, 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 change that it's going through yeah favorite, favorite like, venues need need love from the community do. you know and, and support you know oh like God, i think God. they need political support too um yeah, and that comes from you know that comes from people um you know politicians their job is to represent the people you mm-hmm. know and so you have to communicate with them and tell them what you want and so what you a, value. yeah, yeah what, what's important to you it's important to never stop that conversation you know but yeah i think the um our, you know, we've developed a relationship with a, with a, a few different venues. We're really uh, happy to see some of them flourishing and growing. Like Strange Brew is a great spot. Mm-hmm. Um, we just had our reception album release party at One World Theater, mm-hmm. which is an also really cool. great, beautiful place. Um, beautiful part of Austin. Too. Yeah, mm-hmm. run run, you know, by really uh, beautiful people too. Like they do a really, really good job. They have good heart centers. Speaking of heart centers, but. Um, and uh, trying to think, I think I'm spacing. We've out. played several shows at Stubbs, the mm-hmm. the indoor Stubbs, which I really like quite a bit. Also, um, those are all in town. Yeah. And of course, like Cactus, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, which yeah, was... Cactus Cafe, legendary. Yeah, great. That I played my first open mic on Cactus Cafe's stage, and I remember just feeling like all the energy of everyone who'd ever played there before me, and that, and that same feeling hasn't gone away even though I've been playing much longer now since that first open mic but every time we're on that stage I feel that same excitement and rush of energy there 
One to One's also another one of uh, our yeah. love. Those are some of the best owners. Greg and Destiny are really uh-huh. sweet. Yeah. I mean, you can tell the, the clubs that are, like we were joking around, the, the clubs that are bars that open and, and they're just trying to get bodies in the room versus yeah. clubs that are you know, really have a heart and soul for music and that's what they're trying to and do. They're and cultivating they care about. the community. And I think yeah. that's really important for, yeah. like, you know, so many people can stay home and connect with community through their computer and that's fantastic that we have that ability these days but I also love that there are communities still being cultivated for face-to-face communication and for like sharing our music and our creativity in person in real time yeah I don't want to see those disappear because they are and in some small towns you see them completely disappearing and then my favorite times are when we drive through small towns where these venues are sort of revitalizing the community. Yeah. yeah. It's one of the few areas where we are active face to face with each other. Yeah, well, you know. And like you said, that's a big that's a big portion of what not only I mean, not only for artists, it's half of what we do the whole job for mm-hmm. is to mm-hmm. have that interaction, but also like that is a huge portion of your income. Yeah. So like if yeah. it doesn't, if so, it's not there, then yeah, you gotta have a place, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, people are doing house concerts and things like that too, so they can kind of correct, uh, you know, connect directly. And you do a lot of those. We do some. I wouldn't say a lot. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we always talk some about. That's the main thing that they do. We we just do some of it. Yeah, we say favorite a lot because we really do have a lot of favorite things. But we like playing house concerts, but we also like. Um, dance halls like love playing in green hall yeah places like that but we also love playing you know in in someone's living room that really um has a heart and soul for music too it's the it's really it's mostly about the vibe you know whatever mm-hmm. kind of vibe is intact doesn't matter if it's on um sixth street or out in the hill country yeah. it's got a right vibe then it feels good i wanted to jump back and talk about just to, to cap off the the conversation about Playing music full time, yeah, like it it there's so much more encapsulated. That you said two full time jobs, and you know yeah. it's like you you have this over here, like where you play the live music, but that's probably a, only a small percentage of <laughs> what you're actually doing, right. like to get to that to get to that show. Yeah, like you're we're you professional know, drivers you're that play music. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. right, yeah, and all the all yeah all the all the all the the bookkeeping, all the administrative aspects of it, setting it up, promoting, and all the the booking, negotiating, and bookkeeping, and accounting, and um, yeah, you've got to be a, a logistics stuff. expert, right? Really, right. If you're right. doing it yourself, your small business and a social media owners. expert yeah. also too. You know, you yeah. got to keep you got to keep abreast with what how that works and how Interact people are getting their information. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. It's a whole lot. It's a lot. <laughs> it's like, a lot. Yeah, I just I wanted to touch on that because people, I, I, I've talked to other friends who play play music quote unquote full time, right? And it's it, they're not pl- they're not just playing music full time. Mm-hmm. People need to understand like it's like you said it, it that can be two full time jobs. Yeah, or equate to that that time dedication. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, do you find it easier working together now on that goal? Somewhat. You know. I mean, we. You know. Uh, we. You split um, the resources, you know, mm-hmm. obviously the income, we have to share the income, but then we also split um, some of the workload and some of the, like, if I don't know how to do something, you know, Miranda yeah. knows how to do it, or vice versa. Um, or we at least feel encouraged on how to find the solution, you know, mm-hmm. whereas whenever you're beating your head against the wall and you're all by yourself, sometimes you feel like, well, should I even be doing this, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's encouraging to have someone to work for you know and now that we're kind of like we're starting this process of being a family that it makes it feel more like you're working for that unit instead of you know like yeah. just some selfish endeavor you know which it can feel like 
frequently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, uh, well, I was just going to kind of, I really respect the unit that you guys have created, and I can see there's a lot of love and care and kindness that goes into that. But I'll never forget a couple of my other friends, Carlos and Rachel, they're also a duo, and mm-hmm. they are a unit. And I remember um, that they got into this heinous argument. Like, they were balls-to-the-wall argument before the show yeah. we were going to play together. Chris is nine. Yeah, Chris is like, They were my friends, but they were completely honest with me. Like, we're late, and it's because we are tearing each other. Like, yeah, and right. then they finally did get to the gig, and I just remember being, like, I was so, I mean, I get it. Like, I was married for 14 years. Like, I get, mm-hmm. I get the struggles, and... I just with, had so much respect for them because I was like, and you can get on stage, like, yeah. you know, and you already covered it. It's, you get on stage and it's a different world and you feel good, but I don't think people get it. Like, these are your lives and it's you your know, personalities. It would be this, even if you didn't have a partner, it's still part of being a professional is, is you know, whenever you're, um, you know, you're, you're late, you're sick, you're this, you're that, it's still getting up there and, you know. You don't have as a musician. You don't necessarily have a backup plan. You don't have the days off. And if you if you cancel on a gig because you're, I, I literally had um, what was it? It's not uh, oh, uh, bird. No, not bird flu. Bird, bird flu. Chris has bird flu. Can't sing. Dots all over your body, yeah. like, like chicken, chicken pox. No, no, no. It's the thing you get from uh, mosquitoes. Oh, smallpox. Oh, smallpox. Crazy thing that they had in, in North Texas. I, I think I got it in North oh, Texas yeah. from like mosquitoes in North Texas. Anyway, oh. he had a ridiculous flu. Yeah, and at first we were like, "There's no that's way." Swine flu, right? No, I've never I, seen that. him this way. He was sitting on a stool at the show, and he never even sits for shows. And he was sitting on the stool in mid song. He's like falling off the oh stool, and I was like, like oh, "Get off stage! I'm finishing this without you." And I, he's never done that before. But he like was like stuck. He was like, "I'm going to finish the show." Yeah, <laughs> there's few things that would ever make him, you know, back away from a gig, cancel a gig. That's you a know, great work. The show. I need, I need some PTO. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Pay time off. Yeah. I'm like, no, there's, but there's, you build up your roster of, uh, of your friends that can go in and do such a good job that no one's going to fault you for not being able to, and those are like, those connections are in. like, yeah. yeah, those, yeah. Fill, those fill in connections. Those are important. That's part of a community too, is having those people that like, when they can't do it, you can fill in for them and vice versa. You mm-hmm. know, I guess, uh, service industry experience is that same kind of thing but like you want someone that's quality so that you don't damage the relationship with the venue owner you know and then it makes them go like oh well they couldn't make it but it was a good you know a good situation anyhow yeah Yeah. i think but like getting back to what you were saying about being a unit and being on stage and being able to like put leave any issue at the door and just like sort of show up on stage to me that's a really sacred place to be able to to share the stage with someone who knows you completely and who you know completely it's I have never found that balance with anyone else where like we're literally holding a mirror up to the other one but also fully supporting the other one so it's it's this really interesting balance where I feel comfortable being vulnerable in front of him and even more comfortable being vulnerable in front of everyone because he's there on stage. He feels supported. Yeah. I think that comes out in the songs. I'm not familiar with your music so I've been studying it and listening to it. And I was kind of wondering, I was thinking, what is the, what are people responding to here? Like, what is the, what is going on? Of course, you have the beautiful songs, but I also saw your interaction on stage, and it, 
I think people are picking up on all of that. And um, maybe that's what's going into the love people have for you guys as a duo and as people. It's, um, I put it in my notes as it feels optimistic. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which I think we really need right now. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, no, yeah I, I feel grateful for the fans that we've we've got. You know, they they each seem optimistic is a really good word, but yeah. also like they're they seem to be like self made and like they've gone out and and found love in their life in some way, whether it's self love or the love of another person, or they just they seem to like have a, a, a clear vision of of what true love is, what authentic love is. Or in and pursuit so, of it. Yeah. Yes, and so yeah. they're like celebrating that with us and maybe there are a few places to do that right now, to like openly celebrate this love that you're sharing. Um, I never in a million years would have thought that was gonna be my purpose or part of my job, right. but yeah. it, it has been and it's been really amazing to see other people celebrate that with us. So I, I just feel grateful for the fans we have. It's. It's really cool. Not all of our songs are love songs. And I don't think that it has to be a love song to celebrate love. It's yeah. more just like the community is there to be like, yeah, we're all in this together, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, talking about community, I wanted to... You guys you guys play a lot as just you. Yeah. Um, but you also have session players that come in mm-hmm. and people that you go to for whatever. Drums or stand-up bass or whatever right. it is. And then you also have Dad Zeppelin, <laughs> yeah. which is yeah. your dad who plays mandolin. Yeah. I just wanted to like... I want to know where Dad Zeppelin comes from. <laughs> so, my, so I grew up here in Austin with my dad, always playing music part-time, and he actually played drums most of me my growing up years, and then later picked up mandolin and taught himself to play. And so he would have separate gigs, like a drumming gig or a mandolin gig, um, and there would be rehearsals in my living room. My living room felt very much like this living room mm. growing up. Uh, with instruments all around. Makes sense that you like the vibe. Yeah, probably so, yeah, <laughs> right at home, exactly. But so when he started playing with us, um, he would either play, just like his other gigs, drums with us or mandolin. And then mm-hmm. one day during rehearsal, I was like, why don't we just try them both at the same time? Mm-hmm. And he looked at me like I had been like, there's an elephant on your head. Like he just looked at me like, what? No, not together. And I was like, yeah, I think that's going to be amazing. And so he did it, and both of us, we were all like, oh, you have to do that, it's so cool. So at that point, we were like, he like sings the Zeppelin vibe when he's playing the drums and mandolin. And <laughs> so then someone cool. yelled out, Dad Zeppelin, during a show, and it became its own hashtag. Nice. <laughs> That's super cool. We called him Dad Zeppelin. Did, was it us? Oh, I thought yeah. Someone yelled it. Maybe it was you yelled it. There was definitely like a moment where we thought about there's that folky side of, of Zeppelin that sometimes has drums in it. You know, yeah. like guitar, mandolin, and drums. You yeah. know? And uh, and I think that's kind of where that. Yeah, it's like soft, thing. like pretty music, and then all of a sudden it's like. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. And we both yeah. love that. Of yeah. So that's where that is. And then the other the other guys we that are on our record we play with also. So um, th- that's so much. That's that's nice whenever you can actually perform with the musicians that are on the record. You know, mm-hmm. you've got your ringers that you bring in. Yeah, because they were part of creating the music instead of just someone, you know, like right. emulating what they're hearing. Yeah. Plus, it makes the live show really fun, too, you know, because you get to kind of, sh- like, show that, that bring that mm-hmm. vibe with you, too. And it gives us different flavors of the same songs, you know, mm-hmm. depending on the makeup of who we bring on stage with us. Yeah. Who's your main? Like, what? What's your main go-to's for session players um, for well, people? Clint Simmons has has been the drummer on. He was the drummer on a few of my solo records before Don Hawks, and 
Um, he played on our EP that came out and then our most recent record. Yeah, and he's, so he's just, been with us since the beginning. He's so he's versatile. Great. And um, he's so great. He plays with lots of different people. He's a great session player, great live player. Just has a really good attitude and really good chops. You yeah. Know? yeah. And, um, Sounds like a winner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, dude. It's like when you're talking about a restaurant and be like, well, the food's really great. The vibe's really good. It's not very expensive. And uh, Clint, Chris is wow. comparing you to a restaurant. <laughs> but the like best the best restaurant. restaurant. <laughs> Perfect little bistro on wheels. Yeah. I would imagine it's important who you pick. You got to yeah. have the right vibe. You, you know, like you said, they can't be a million dollars because then, you know, then there's issues or whatever. But I, I think that's amazing to find a, a live player in a session player. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, and to have a good rhythm department is always, no matter what genre you're in, talking about whatever, blues, doesn't matter, EDM, the, mm-hmm. the rhythm is what's going to make someone connect. Yep. You know, so like when you're going to include that in, you got to have someone well, who knows talking about, about us. We were talking about click tracks. Clint is, if you want a click track, he'll play with a click track. And if you don't need one, then he's he doesn't need it. So yeah, it's like a metronome. It's do you great. let him come in there and lay the beat down that you got, or do you just say, "Here's, we, here's we, the we guitar"? Tracked, and... we, for this record, we tracked live on on. Did we have click on anything? I felt like there was maybe one song that we mapped it out with a click, but I felt like most of it was. I don't know that we did. I think there were a few that we tried, but I think we decided not to. Yeah. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you you self-produced this album. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So I and this is like naturally flowing with my notes, so this is perfect. Okay. Uh, I wanted to, I wanted to talk, perfect. and I know Jordan is gonna have some questions, but like what that process was like. I mean, because you have you're both writing, right? So you have these hats, and then you have the small business aspects of your logistics and financing and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and then yeah. you also add on this this third hat of being the producer mm-hmm. and tracking and all of that. Like, I mean. How do you maintain distance from the from the material mm-hmm. yeah. to like being objective and, yeah. about right. certain decisions? We probably don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't we think we're objective at all. I think we're just too far in it. Yeah. I've had the practice at um, and Miranda naturally has a producer's ear too. You know, when she was in the um, that big band, she did a lot of like telling them what horn parts, like instruments that she doesn't play, telling someone what she wanted out of that. She's great at that. And that's the, to me, that's the sign of a really good producer is being able to tell somebody without having to show them, like physically, like do it, you know. It's nice to be able to do that too, but. Well, I didn't realize that's how I songwrite until I was with Chris, who, you know, he studied production engineering, so he has all the vocabulary for it. And I just, song ideas come to me with all the production notes included. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. you know, and I didn't realize that was different. There, Maybe it's not, maybe everyone, but I, I'm able to communicate really clearly. What does that look like? The production notes, like you hear melodies and you attach them to the rhythms, and or you hear certain it hears like so. The song gets written, and while it's being written, I hear like the voice of Aretha Franklin singing that. I hear the drummer who played on, and I like have a certain record track of the whole thing in my mind, and then so I have those tracks as production notes for this is the sound, this is the tone, these are the parts, and and like that's that's our starting place anyway, and that happens as the song's flowing out, like it's all in one. How's it happen for you, Chris? Does it all Well, it's some of that, you know, like it's some of that, you know, we, we arrive at the same place. Miranda and I arrive at the same place from two different, two different trajectories. You know, um, I started early as a kid really being fascinated with how, um, songs were put together by, um, 
different sounds, like how the different sounds made up the song, and started like listening to songs to try to pick out mm. what the drum part was doing, what the bass line was doing, and all those kinds of things. One of the things I discovered, which I still love doing, is if you focus in on that one player, a lot of times you'll be like, wow, that guy is awesome. That bass yeah. player is... Or like you'll hear like a, a, a female harmony vocalist, and you'll be like, oh my God, she is killer. She'd be singing the lead. So I love doing that when you're listening to music, like picking out those individual parts. And from an early age, I started like seeing that, deconstructing it, and try to re-put it back together to experiment with that process of how these things went together. His like, recordings from when he's like 14, they did on 4-track, or maybe you were younger, maybe you were like 13, are amazing. He's like trying to make his voice sound like Eric Clapton. He's like playing all the different music parts. So They're my favorite recordings. Ever. So you would take a song and deconstruct it and then try to transcribe and re-record it yeah try to like figure out a way to kind of get that yeah i've often wondered why more people don't do that when you're learning because that's one Ta time, amazing probably <laughs> well, that's like all i did you know well no but I, I mean like i've had friends who wanted to become hip-hop producers oh, yeah. and i was like why wouldn't you take your favorite hip-hop songs and try to recreate that beat so you know right. how to do it yeah, right, right. Know? and it's like i that's said that once do. yeah i said that once to one of them and they were like that's that's a great idea. It's amazing, and I don't think that ever happened. But you know, yeah, um, I'm pretty sure they dropped it right away. I guess you could do that with any art form. You know, like you try to like yeah. sort of emulate whatever it is until, and that's how you find your different, you know, your different you know, like color palettes and different yeah. uh, your different techniques, so that whatever your creative self is trying to find its way out, you have like the transmission lines for it to communicate with the outside world. You totally, because in my mind, I take like two artists and then I try to create what they're like creative child would sound like you know I combine them in my head I would say the if this person and this person yes. had yeah. a baby yes exactly and this baby and this baby had a baby <laughs> it would sound like this song <laughs> 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 what's yes. what's interesting though about about being out here in the actual out of the out of the ether into the real world and being into the um, being into that like how things actually react in airspace and what happens is it's a lot of trial and error where you have this idea of something um, and you try not to get married to the idea because it doesn't always work the way that you imagine it you know in your fantastical musician's brain. Well, that's like life though too. Isn't that, it? Yeah, or like absolutely. Your, your day. Right, your day. Like this exactly. was my to-do list, and I did ten other things, and got yeah. two of those things done. But yeah. think about how you could get stuck on something and try and force yeah. that through, yeah. and then literally sit on it for like ten years. Oh yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah. true. Because you won't budge. Well, and the, and the best yes. stuff comes from problem solving. I think a lot of times, like when I, I get excited when I'm if I'm producing another band and they bring in a song that we're all just kind of like this song is gnarly. I don't. I don't even know if we should do it. And you want to cut it? That's the moment where it's like, no, let's explore that because a lot of times those end up being the best songs because it challenges you to do something out of your, you know, I don't want to say safe zone, but out of your um, like your normal uh, processes, and that's where you get this really creative thing. And it'll end up being like the coolest song, like the most exciting. It may not be the most like popular song. It might not be your like single lead single, but it'll be the song that you always just love that yeah. because you conquered that that process of getting this song out, you know? And that is so cool. It's the deep, cool. deep album track. So yeah, cool. That's like, the best part. This is part. why we're doing this podcast. I'm like, yeah. look at all these people would yeah. love to know how to make a creative baby. Well, it's also like, it, it's, it's the beauty of, and you know, like baby everyone, song. <laughs> everyone talks about the, the process versus product, but like, oh, yeah. like you, you're talking about how like, and I want to delve into this for a second, but, 
talking about how at the age of 13 or 14, mm-hmm. you were basically teaching yourself that time and effort equals success. Mm-hmm. And like, and people... I love, that's my favorite excellent. equation. Yeah. Time plus effort equals success. That is excellent. You need yeah. a t-shirt. From our <laughs> collegiate... Wait, From our Yale, Yale graduate? Yale. Yeah. Yale. Yale. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, still is trying it Harvard to learn or Yale? Lesson. I'm like, I don't remember. But I know. But, I'm smart, guys. But like, you still don't remember. <laughs> I'm not going to help no. you. <laughs> just like, we'll just print her off a bio each time. For yeah. Jordan. Um, Jordan Bay. This is your co-host. <laughs> remember my biographical But like, I know Miranda, obviously... Uh, you know, grew up in a musical household, but Chris, what was that like? What, what's the story? Why at thirteen or fourteen were you delving into that? Did you were you raised? Did your family, you know, were they all like musical? Or was there something that was an impetus to go that route? Like, I did have a musical family, but it was a very um, like learned musical family. Like so, a lot of my aunts, uncles, and cousins would study music, and in fact, a, a good portion of uh, my dad, it's my dad's side of the family. Um, have their uh, degrees in music, but mm. they'll own a um, real estate business, or they do they repair blinds, or they tr- have a travel company. You know, lots of ent- entrepreneurial type things. Um, and um, I, that was definitely the side of the family that was like, just get your degree. Doesn't matter what it's in. Yeah. It could be in it could be in you know choral studies, but just get your degree. And they're like, look at me. I've got my degree in you know fill in the blank you know instrument, but I do this. You know and um, because they studied music uh, and they approached it and there was a lot of love for music in that side of the family but it was a very um, um, it was a different approach uh, my mom's side of the family had uh, like they they kind of like you know sort of stumbled into music I think a little mm. bit more and sort of felt through it um, which I've known much more musicians many more musicians that do that than than the real learned and educated musicians um, but uh, seems to be that way for the arts yeah, mm-hmm. you know the the people that are really uh, really passionate about it are bit by a different kind of bug than the people that um, study it sometimes. But then you get that when you get those those two things combined together, mm. then you get a really good um, you know you get kind of like we we're saying you get you you learn the, the the methods and the processes for getting that creative energy out and finding that balance. Is that's what's everyone's process is finding that balance of how much and, of this and some and that. confidence. I think if I had studied yeah. music as a and child. And some support, you know, yeah. lots of support. Take support, like takes a village to raise a musician, you know, or, you know. Yeah. Because you need, you, you need, you know, if you don't have parents and you need friends or um, so there, some other kind of like family unit to encourage and support. Yeah. I mean, know? yeah, I, I did theater and music all growing up. And if my mom hadn't been okay with once I was 12, like yeah. I had a drum set in my house and we were playing two to three times a week. And right. she was totally cool with it, cool and probably um, terrible cool music. Pro- yeah, probably not. Yeah, it was not yeah. not always great. Uh, I mean, we got we got better. We were we weren't terrible, awful. But for there, I'm sure there was three you or four years where, yeah, I'm sure there was three or four years where it was like this is the worst. Like this is this just is. the worst. And then you know, then it's like the times too where you have a drummer growing up and he's just playing on his own. Like in like when I was practicing, I'm, I yeah. can't even imagine how awful that must have been. <laughs> like. Uh, to sit through this for another night. Yeah, the parents that get yeah. really excited about their about their kids and like and our folks do this where they they like when we post something on 
when something cool happens and we post on social media like Facebook and specifically they'll repost it and they're so proud and it's like man they have earned every bit of that yeah. that moment you know from yeah. from supporting and putting up with that all through the years so. sometimes it's almost more theirs than yeah it is right yeah like yeah yeah or at least like what you feel like because you know there's all at least I get this feeling like from my my grandparents and my parents like that it is a debt that will never be paid yeah you know like what they did for me but that, that's just my own relationship and everyone has different experiences but depending on where you come from uh spiritually um and otherwise i think that um you know that that people obviously like your offspring and then your creativity like that's the that's the for sure afterlife of every <clears throat> of every human being is that um you know what you bestow on your kids if you have them or if you're you know or whoever if you help raise somebody and then your creativity mm. that's the thing that lives on like that's after your legacy you're, you know yeah, yeah. Whatever you so. create, whether it's a human being or all right piece yeah of yeah that's a good way to look at it yeah so it's a lot of respect for how you like what you what energy you c- continues through the rest of the human experience yeah it's good stuff. So deep. <laughs> I, I, didn't want, I didn't want to say it. Right. Plus, chicks dig music, so I was like, hey. There you, go. <laughs> you showed up every week for the music. Whatever. Yeah, yeah no. There what was that called again about effort? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 13 year old Chris, I'm sure, wasn't thinking about time plus effort equals success. He was like, how do I. How do I. Equals chicks. really interchangeable. Well, yeah, and, success can mean a lot. And there was of definitely <laughs> like how, how often did I, I went to that every week the the songwriter <laughs> my songwriter showcase. <sighs> yeah, I called him my star A student because he would show up with like in the songwriter showcase was every week there was a prompt and you had to like write a song using that prompt. It's songwriters yeah, Weekly. Yeah, yeah. It, it was. Awesome. It was, and and so you had you normally recorded whatever song it was you had written that week, and then you came to the showcase and you could perform it live as well. And the recordings went online for everyone. So every week, Chris had like a fully produced song, completely done. Oh my god! This guy is really putting a lot of work into it. Like, sitting at home, it like this one's gonna get her. This one's gonna get her. This one's gonna get her. This one. No, I know that I will. Oh man, that's so great. Yeah, it's funny. You know, Chris and I talked about Sunrise Weekly a lot. Yeah, it was she, just she was one of my favorite submissions. Oh, yeah. That wherever her songs were incredible. She, she did that week challenge thing where you like. Do a song a week every, for a year. Yeah, yeah it was didn't oh she do like a few that's months? So cool. That's intense. That's awesome. That yeah. is intense. Yeah, we're working on some of her material, and I'm. She's I, so I'm, good. Yeah, she's incredible. Always blown away, and it's just cool to be able to like work on that. Should plug her. What is it? What's her website? Is it just Kristenstorian. Dot com. Dot com. Yeah, we're. I'm helping her build that. Cool. Great. <laughs> that music needs to be out for everyone to hear. Uh, I agree. It's very sweet. It's um, great. You guys, you guys fundraised most of the costs for your album. Some of the costs. We did. Yeah. Uh, well, we had a goal. Um, you know, there's different platforms you can use. Mm-hmm. And we did one of the, the platforms where you get to keep it if you don't meet the goal. Um, which was good. Um, you kind of wonder sometimes, uh, and I've heard a few, what's the theory behind how do you pick which one? And I've heard some people say that whenever you have one where it's all or nothing, that um, it sort of encourages that community support sort of aspect. And I was thinking, the other thing is, is it also um, makes it so that, like, you either do it one way or you do it the other way and not, like, in between. We Mm kind of did a little bit of in between. Um, We raised a certain amount of money that really helped us a lot um, with 
manufacturing and we you know we have like our radio promoter and publicists and different things and all that stuff adds up you know um, pretty quick yeah and then all the things you don't think about whenever you try to like we distributed the record um, through a distributor so that it would reach more of a, a national mm -hmm. um, scale and all the stuff that like y you think about how many units you're gonna actually need um, for all that stuff and e the cost of everything just kind of goes up incrementally you know based on it's kind of the difference of like we had like um, I don't know like a food cart before and then we tried to open up a brick-and-mortar restaurant and like the two worlds are just right yeah because of our previous EP, we just recorded it and then released it immediately and, yeah. and sold it at our shows. And so there wasn't like this thought out process of, so what radio stations are we going to pitch this to? And, you know, mm -hmm. what are we going to make some music videos? And that's, what publications mm -hmm. are they going to come out in? Or yeah. online blogs? And that's been this whole entire world. And at this point, our album is has been out for a few weeks and we're doing like the cost benefit analysis. Like, I'm, and I'm really on the fence. I don't know if all these extra investments are worth it yet ask me in a year and I'll tell you but like at this point I since we do pretty much everything on our own mm -hmm. I kind of like it like that you know because our our fans know how to reach us know how to get our music know how to come out and see our shows I don't know if there's a need for all this other part of the business with like like you don't know if your publicist and... actually did more for you than you could do for yourself or well, well definitely more than I could do for yeah. myself but I'm not sure if that is as valuable as a fan saying I love this music you gotta check it out to their friend like it might engagement. be just as valuable engagement yeah. online yeah. In, the, in the digital marketplace yeah I mean that's what I yeah I, I that that's my other job but is well, digital marketing so own. I understand yeah. the value of that and you've got your you've got your own everybody's got their own sort of thing that they they do like mm -hmm. I was noticing I was trying to look up um, Jason Isbell's uh, videos earlier today and I was trying to look up his official music video because I realized I had never seen one and I realized I, I couldn't really find any. And I was like, oh, I guess for wh however they've decided to release his music, they decided that official music videos was not an element that he needed. I think he you does know? have some. I couldn't find any. Yeah. I found like lyric videos and like old ones, but not for yeah. the new record. I couldn't find any. Um, maybe they haven't come out yet, but I couldn't find any. And then, you know, some artists don't have a presence on different social media platforms. And, yeah. And, um, or they, you know, they just release you know, digital, and they stream their whole record, you know, and some artists just stream, like, a song on mm -hmm. their... It's just, that's what, it's a it's a brave new world where you can kind of a la carte. It's like the pick. Wild West. Yeah. Do you feel like you would have done it the same? So you were saying that it's kind of some stuff in the middle. Do you feel like you would have done it differently? Um, like you did, you had the middle ground instead of doing like the Kickstarter where it's all or nothing, and oh yeah. you get your kind of a flow going that way. You guys did the GoFundMe or which whichever yeah, way. Yeah, Indiegogo. Yeah. Indiegogo. Right. And then you were able to kind of tailor it. Did you like that process where you could? You were saying it's not an all or nothing deal. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I feel like every little bit helped us do right. more than we would have been able to attempt otherwise, you yeah. know, because we're we're not like, you know, funded by anyone other than our shows that we're playing. And so that to have fans be a part of being able to create a bigger project than we would have just the two of us was, I thought that was really wonderful. And it wasn't based on if you make the mark or not, you know, your goal. Right. It was like every bit that people want to donate to your cause 
you're able to use. Yeah. That seems the, and the me. finance is one aspect of it. I think having a group of people that you feel like are your supporters, like they, you know, kind of put their money where their mouth is kind of thing, like that they support you and you know it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of nice to have. That's really nice. And that's sort of... I, I haven't done that because I've always been afraid to oh, ask. Oh, I was completely yeah. afraid. I don't want to ask it's, it's hard yeah. for me in any situation to ask for help. But right. so this was like a, a really big version of that because not only was I asking for help, I was asking for money, which for me is even more scary to ask for. And <laughs> sure. then I was asking for a large amount of money. Right. And I was like, oh my gosh, what are people going to think if I don't make that mark? Like but suddenly that yeah. means something about you. That's, and on the flip side, stress. there were it's like some comments, like one girl, a very young girl, maybe didn't know. A total she bitch. Was, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, she was she's a young artist. I don't think had released an album yet, but she did say like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe that you're asking for that much money. Like, why would you need all that to to make an album?" And and she just was like thinking that was ridiculous. And it, I it's, honestly, I think it's ridiculous too that it costs that much to make an album. But it it does to be competitive when you know in the music industry. Yeah, definitely to do it right. Yeah, I mean, it's well, cool. It's kind of like a, an al- an album is kind of like a car. You know, like it's probably on. Like, if you it's want, if you want a really good, solid car that's gonna last you for a decade, you're. You know, what do you spend nowadays? Thirty thousand on a, on a car to get a really good, solid car that Maybe you more. can trust. That you can go and drive for a decade. Is it more than that now? Yeah, I guess so. Sometimes more. But, I mean, you can go get a car for twenty five hundred dollars, but yeah. you're gonna be like fixing it up and you your know, monthly costs change and then your upkeep changes and you're gonna you may, be it's gonna have more, more over time yeah, yeah so it's, it's and ca- as you get older like you do want to do things a different way yeah. like i bought 500 dollars cars mm, when yeah, i was totally. in my 20s exactly because you have the time for it like i got time i can walk if i need to yeah yeah whatever well yeah i mean and yeah that's that's interesting it's almost on it's almost the same scale i think all the all the working elements and that's with you know, I think the one of the things that made it possible for us was um, being able to self-produce you know Absolutely. yeah that, I think we could well, and, and yeah and that's yeah mm-hmm. and that that in itself too though but you like the, the accessibility to technology I think is making more and more money people think oh this, this costs nothing. Mm. Oh, like, yeah. this is going to cost them nothing. So why would... I don't need to invest this because they can just make it on their garage band. Mm-hmm. They oh, can yeah. just make this movie on their iPhone. Mm-hmm. Right. We don't need to put it, all this money up. They need to be producing stuff for us and, and then, Ugh. like, prove themselves Sneaky and run crazy. the gamut. And yeah. then we'll put a little bit of money down for them and give them, like, here's your dime. And you're like, oh, oh, oh yeah. thank you for the dime, mm-hmm. and, you know. And it's like, it's like, no, because you did, you self-produced it, and that costs time. Oh yeah. And that costs all of this education. It like goes back to like the Picasso story. It's, it's very like, it sounds mythological to me, but he he's like sitting in a cafe in Paris, and this he like draws a, a portrait of a woman, mm-hmm. and then in, and she sees it, and she's like, oh, you drew that of me. Can I have that? And he's like, sure. Give me $200,000. And she was like, you're crazy. And he's like, no, I've been studying my entire life to draw this picture of you. And so it's like people don't anymore, like because of, because of the immediacy of our generation and and our culture, people don't think about the fact that Austin, that is so well said. I could not agree with you more. I just don't think people really do get it. 
they don't get how much time and energy and love and passion and amazing talent it takes and you didn't just roll out of bed and yeah. get on the stage and clink 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 you know yeah, I think some people do I think I, I see this I feel like I see this dialogue and that makes me feel good that the dialogue's going on mm -hmm. I, I think people I think a lot of people are aware the, the, the awareness I, is growing I, I feel like maybe um, more people have vo um, available voices today than ever mm -hmm. uh, you see it in the way that people reflect their political opinions yeah you <laughs> see it in the way that people reflect every opinion I think it's in how we can and appreciate art too and I, you hear a lot of people I feel like I see now I know a lot of musicians but I feel like I see a lot of posts about respecting music and I buy my music and well, I we're in a cultural you know. bubble here though. yeah I that's really true. that's one thing I've learned here about Austin because sometimes my mind is blown I'm like you it, step over a that happened county. in Texas yeah. yes that happened step in Texas over we a live in a biosphere but we but thank God that's why we live here though is yeah. that you're right that the people here are so respectful and they have a voice for music and they are live music goers they are passionate yeah. and about that exists it. in other communities all over the country all over the world mm -hmm. also true, you know true. they're each like yeah. their own little special pockets when they exist yeah. and this kind of goes back to the venue conversation we were having where like certain venues really foster those communities of supportive listeners and, and they're wonderful and I, I feel like we've been really lucky to have such wonderful, generous, caring fans, yeah. you know, um, and they're they're great the way they'll, they'll notice the heart and soul and the work that goes into creating our art, you know, and they tell us after the show and they come up and they want to be like, I'm going to buy your album and I'm going to buy a t-shirt. I'm going to buy everything you have at your merch table because I want that. to support you guys. I yeah. actually think that there is a way if I knew a developer, I would figure out how to have a better conversation about this. But I think there is a way to combine something like Spotify with this um, wanting to be a patron of the the arts, you know, like the way mm. people ha wear t-shirts and bags that say shop local or I shop mm -hmm. local or go local and it's like cool to be supportive of independent artists. I think there could be like a badge on Spotify that's like, I bought this album or, you know, like yeah. I, yeah. I paid more than that's 10 cents yeah. for this. Give, give some developers some more ideas to like I really love make for you money to and make them that. money. Well, that's, and, that's and it helps people who want to support the artist be proud of that, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and they should be, because I would like to be like, look at this amazing person who's supporting the art we're creating. Yeah. They should it's be It's cool, because yeah. like, it, it's a nice shift, because in the 90s or whatever, it was all about, you know, absorbing your free music off the internet, yeah. like kind of file sharing and swapping and everything, and that was the cool thing to do. And it's nice as an artist to see things sort of the shift around slowly. Well, it's fine, the industry is finally catching up with itself. Like, we, like... It it changed so much because tactile tactile uh, sales or tactile mm, physical art product, physical yeah. product was like relied on so much for so long and then the digital revolution happened and everyone was like oh, oh what do we do and like you know it took them so long to just finally go okay we have to move we have to pace with this yeah or we're going to all be crushed and mm -hmm. now it's I mean it's slowly coming around to to so that everyone gets their equitable share, yeah. but it's it's happening, uh, you know, piece by piece. And I think that's you know, with any innovation, like you're talking about uh, social media being a place where you do see those voices talking. Right. About, the accessibility is there's always um, it's a double edged sword. There's always yeah. a really great thing, you know, like like that and being able to engage with your audience and being able to like make that connection mm. feel. Yeah genuine all the time 100% right. and then you have the other side though
that's disconnect and yeah, yeah mm-hmm. and, yeah, and it's immediate yeah it's, it's uh, you know and, and, I, and I guess every aspect of it you know it's our generations talking about what's going on but every every generation's had its ebb and flow with different mm-hmm. processes I'm sure there were people that were like that recorded music is <laughs> challenging our ability to play live <laughs> you know maybe I'm them sure amplified was... them amplified instruments yeah. they're gonna be they're, they're gonna the be devil. the death to all of us <laughs> they're not gonna work. have any acoustic instruments left <laughs> yeah. No one will ever play them. Someone will say, guitar, what's that? In the yeah. future, I heard there will be EDM. Yeah. <laughs> well, talking about... Does anyone else want to jump in? I was going to move on to the last part of what I had for this and then move into the songs. Um, I just wanted to briefly talk about your experience on The Voice. I know okay. it's probably something you guys... I don't know, but you, I assume it's something you get asked about a lot. It's a good part of it's a decent part of our story. It's the largest platform that we've been a yeah. part of, and yeah. probably will for a long time be the most amount of people that we've played Reached. to. Seventeen million people in that one moment. So Amazing. I don't really know how you could maybe play in the, the Super Bowl with <laughs> Plus, that. How many other hundreds of thousands have seen it on YouTube? That's oh, you yeah, know. yeah, 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 yeah for, for the fans, us included. Yeah, for for example. <laughs> yeah. So no, it's, it'll people. be the it'll be the largest platform for how we've been ex- exposed to the masses. Yeah. For a long time, you know, Which, we hope to supersede it at some point. Yeah. It'll be great. I can only see that as a good thing, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. you know, I mean, for, if nothing else. And just for that these... fact, we were we were lucky to have it um, happen the way that it did. You know. How, how did how, it happen? Yeah. yeah. What, walk us through the whole decision making process from. Well, we resisted it, you know, for uh, for a little bit until it kind of lined up serendipitously with a lot of things. Like for one of them, that we had a tour in uh, California. We actually went out for a songwriting workshop and a few shows in California. And the gap between the songwriting workshop and the shows um, was the tryout period um, for the callbacks in L.A. So we're like, well, they had they'll emailed pay. us, asked us to come out there. They they'll fly us out there. So we were going to go anyway. So it's like wow. we get free flights and let's just do it and see what, mm-hmm. you know. That's awesome. That and cool. we, you know, mm-hmm. one of the things that we had, uh, we loved to do, one of the, the ways that we kept the lights on and paid rent was to play, you know, restaurant gigs where you play for three hours. And a lot of that is playing, um, playing like covers and playing and like trying to figure out a way to make that your own and make that mm-hmm. expressive so that people connect with you the artist and then buy a copy of your music before they yeah. get home so that you can then invite them out to a show where they buy a ticket you know mm-hmm. that's the whole that's the the thought process anyway yeah they're not so, like play Freebird. yeah well you know <laughs> and then like if you do Freebird, you're gonna do you're, we're gonna do Don our Hawks version yeah. yeah and so we can never play Freebird. Stairway to Freebird. Stairway to Freebird. Yeah. But so anyway, we were comfortable with that process. We're like, yeah, we can play popular songs and, you know, whatever. Yeah, let's do, you know, let's do it. And the other thing is, you, you know, you play music long enough and you start noticing that um, everyone needs some kind of break, some kind of platform, some springboard to take them from this place to that place, you mm-hmm. know? Um, because you work, you can work really hard in whatever uh, world you're in, but you reach a ceiling. And in order to right. make it to the next one, you have to catch some sort of break. You have to be in some sort of mass media exposure. You have to have um, had a, a like a, a partner, be it like a record label or a financial partner, somebody that invests a lot of money in you and promoting your record. You have to have some kind of springboard. Everybody needs one to go from this level to that next, you know, that next atmosphere. And so, um, 
and so we were like, yeah, this, you know, we'd tried, we'd done, you know, we'd done support shows and we'd both been playing music for a while and we are like, let's try this. Maybe this will be a platform that will help us, you know, springboard. Yeah. And sure enough, it you really... You put way more thought into it than I was I about to say, you're a really I philosophical guy, Chris. I didn't, you... I didn't think that hard about it. We got an email about it. They had emailed me, like, for the previous season and asked you if I about, would do don't it. Don't no, like no, hang on, hang on. Think I think about stuff. things. This first thing I didn't think about that hard, honestly, because... So they had emailed me individually. You did the thinking for her. It's okay. It's there, yeah. It's hardly. Well, okay, no. I'm going to give you guys, like, the real story here. So uh, okay. I'll, I'll the real story. His, his story is really didn't real. I didn't mean that in, like, a, a male-female kind of way. I meant By the way, I had the West Nile. That's what I That's had. That's what it was. Oh, West, West Nile virus. virus. West wow. Only Good that. memory. That's right. It was Jeez. West Nile. Do we need to separate you two so we can have two different interviews? <laughs> we're getting, we're about to get the you're real just, story. It, oh, yeah. I meant to say that yours wasn't real. <laughs> I meant more like the full story that mm -hmm. we don't normally share on interviews. Yeah. So they had asked me the previous year if I would come right. on the voice solo and I like spit out my drink laughing because I don't have a big voice. I don't have a competitive, I don't have a competitive bone in my body. So it was like mm. the most ridiculous invitation. And that's part of it. It's a competition. Yeah, and I was like, no thanks. <laughs> oh, yeah, a lot of it's like charisma okay. and flash and like... Yeah, and I thought it was going to be like and American Idol the bands, where they I've make fun of people. I've never enjoyed a battle of the bands. No. Is there anybody that's enjoyed a battle of oh, the bands? They're terrible. Corporate bands do. If you sell 100 tickets, I like to win. you might win. The one where we won, <laughs> that was fun. Oh, yeah, we did <laughs> play a battle Let's no, not that's, go. that's, that's no. We want to hear about the Battle of Vans versus Sorry, Marin. No, not Let's get ahead. back on track. No, that's that's fine. Then we all have that in common. We are uh. not like we're not competitive. So yeah. Uh, no, I'm competitive. Oh, Incocarian. It's a good trait to have. I just unfortunately don't have it. Not naturally, anyway. Um, and so I turned that down. But then the previous, I mean, the following year when they emailed that time, they asked if we would come on as a duo, and. I had a completely different feeling about it, and I follow my intuition pretty strongly. And the first we had met some people that had we had that. some friends who had done it, and but it was it was more just the question of being asked to do it as a duo. Yeah. I was like, that doesn't sound scary at all. Yeah. That yeah. sounds like what we already do. Like right. we cover songs, we have fun with it, and I. Uh, well, that's what you. That's the that's the brand use that you want to put out there. You don't want to change it up and go. Yeah, and I completely expected to go to the audition play our songs for them and then be like, okay, cool, you guys are obviously singer-songwriters, folk musicians, yeah. get out of here. <laughs> Use that door. Use that door. Wipe off the microphone. Yeah, so that's, that's the servant's interest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but they focus, didn't. Huh? Focus, go that way. They, they didn't. They kept, they just kept pushing us along and I was like laughing at it the whole way. Like, they still yeah. have us here. This is ridiculous. Yeah. We're, we're just doing what we are doing. Out, Chris. Yeah, that's how I felt the whole time. Yeah, so so yeah, we just it. did it until we were like, let's just do this until it starts to feel weird. And it had moments where like we got a list of songs to pick from, and we're like, I don't want to do any of these songs. This is all that? previous to your big, like the big quote unquote blind audition. No, we did that, and we the got taping a, a of bit, Yeah, mm. we got a big list of songs to pick to pick one, and we picked the Beatles tune because duh. And, uh, <laughs> and and we, that was the first song my dad ever taught me to play on guitar when I was a little girl. Oh, wow. And so it was like there on the list, and I was like, yeah, that's that's our song. But the list got smaller, or it would change, or different parameters would change. Like they changed the format of the show in the middle of it, 
um, where you have to do two battle rounds while you're, um, and just some some things like that. Where like we did get to the point where we're like, what do we what do we do when we're done? Like do we just walk up and be like, hey, can you? We quit. So like, right. can you? But fortunately, it lined up. Like we we left when we were like kind of ready. Uh, and we and we talked about this. We're like, I wonder if they like sort of have a meeting and they go, all right, who do who do you guys think is ready to? Who's right. done with this, you know? So you don't really yeah. know why or what happened or you feel like, because I'm always it like... It felt like the natural progression to us. So however yeah. they came yeah. to their decision, we were like, sweet. We're you were already done with it, too. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it had been a long That's time out of the real world, too, for us. We had been gone for, um, I think it was a couple months or something. And so there was a lot of aspects of it. Like, we wanted to play shows. And anytime we come home, we had to, like, clear our shows. And we're just ready to get back to, like, doing all of our normal things. Yeah. And I, I, remember, I remember driving, like, driving ourselves, like, not having somebody pick us up in a minivan to take us somewhere, like, driving ourselves to a show and being like, oh, yeah, this feels so good to be back to doing yeah, this. Yeah, well, this. so the show, like, originally, the very blind audition you're performing, like, just the two of us, we were just performing. Mm-hmm. After that, for the next couple of rounds, it becomes you and another artist yep. on stage, and you, it is... Every bit of what I told you I'm not about not being competitive, mm-hmm. it's that right in front of you. And I Dude. really don't see music competitively, so it was really strange was to be performing really the same song. It was really weird to watch. It was really yeah. weird I to watch. watch this now. Watching your, watching the, I was watching with Kristen, like, we yeah. watched both of them. Oh, yeah. Um, and, like, uh, like, the other, the one with the guy, I was mm-hmm. like... Yeah, like, well, that's okay, our good friend. That's, like, he yeah. lives, he lives just like, outside that's, of Boston. That's, that's, that was, we already knew him before the show. Yeah, and that was cool. And, like, you know, yeah, and I was like, this, but the one with the girls, like, what? Yeah. What is she? She like she like walks it right in front of you. Yeah, I was like, she, oh she, man. That's the kind of thing the, they the choreograph it. And they tell you to do that. Oh, totally see, that's not, that's not her like doing. Yeah. The thing is, is that they really do a good job of removing any any possible animosity between the artists. If any of the artists are at odds with each other, that's their own thing because they do not pit you against each other. Sure. No, no. Like, they do. like she's my friend. We would like yeah. dinner every night yeah, together. We're, we're buddies. Like, and when she's... we were first working through the song, it was like the three of us, like I said, in a non-competitive form yeah. of performance. We See, were just like embracing the song that's, together. And that's then what, they add choreography, and it looks competitive. Suddenly. That's what. Yeah, that's what you uh, don't. That's what they, well, so that's, they did that on purpose. Yeah. yeah. yeah totally. My friend. My friend was a producer on reality TV for like ten years. And he was like making six figures and then mm-hmm. i met him here doing art department work on a commercial oh, and he was cool. getting paid like 15 dollars an hour and i was like why did you quit and he was like because it destroys your soul oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> you are you you my sole job was to pit people against oh, each other. Man, that sounds awful. Yeah. yeah and yeah. well the voice isn't is a really positive show though like fortunately yeah, it's super positive i'm a fan and, of the show yeah. well i was i was interested in a couple moments and 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 that's that's very interesting because that's stuff people that watch it don't have any connection to. Yeah. They don't know what it's like for you to go oh, yeah. through that and for and to know like, oh, you know, they, they made it to this point on that show, but they were there for that was a two to three month process for them. Oh yeah. Right. Um but do you remember like the that moment of seeing on the blind audition, like what what was going through your body? Like emotionally, it was like, the most. In, it was the most intense um, feeling I'd ever had on the stage. I think, like, and and we played four hundred shows together before that. I think uh, over the course of two and a half years, and that and you know hundreds of shows apart. 
And that was the most intense. Yeah, I was thinking, don't fall, don't fall, because I almost did. Like, they, thank goodness, they took the camera away from me at the moment that I was, like, falling backwards. Because, and I felt like everything slowed down, and I could see myself going down in history as a girl who becomes famous for falling while singing. <laughs> falling, yes, I was, It was terrible, and I, like, did some, like, Houdini trick of pulling myself back up to the microphone, and yeah. they didn't show a single bit of that on yeah. camera. I mean, How did you almost fall? I have a, had a toe tambourine that I was playing, and uh -huh. it's a very slick surface for the stage. So I was like playing it and strumming, and I turned, and some my foot, they also had me in high heels that were this high that I would mm. never perform in. And I just turned slightly and felt my leg give out and was like, oh my gosh, steady yourself, Miranda, while still singing. Wow. Yeah. And it probably was less dramatic in real life than it felt in my head, but in that moment, you asked probably me what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. I was, was trying a, to steady it was like a tri It was like a trippy dream. It was definitely like a really surrealistic experience. I'm not sure if there's some sort of like metaphysical aspects to it or something, or if it's all in your head, but everyone, all the all of our, you know, because it's... It's like summer camp, and so like mm -hmm. you become friends with all the other people that are people. there too. Mm -hmm. And so everyone, we all talked afterwards. And we're like, "Did you like black out?" And we're like, "Yeah, dude." I totally like. <laughs> I totally went on the autopilot. I was like, "You really do? You train? You like train for it? Yeah, or something?" Yeah. And Catching like, the pass. And you, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, it is. Like yeah. you just kind of. <laughs> That's the lovely thing. From not knowing you he guys, he just caught the air football for everyone yeah. listening. Yeah. Not knowing your music and not knowing your lovely personalities, I was like, they look so comfortable together on stage. Well, that is just really. But we were uh, really uncomfortable, but we were comfortable together. Yeah. So but that, not knowing you guys and knowing that it's an intense moment. I mean, it's got to be. I mean, it's yeah. simply there's no other way around it. Um, I just I I guess you you kind of already answered the question. How do you prepare for a moment like that? It's like, it's it's such a pivotal time, and you know, like you said, you don't fuck this up. Like, yeah. just, with, <laughs> something, exactly. with something yeah. stupid, like, yeah. you know. Yeah. Like, like falling, yes. But if you would have hit a wrong chord, or if you would, I mean, would they have stopped and started? No. Like, no, that's no, no, it. No. That's it. Yeah. Well, that's I can it. say this much, too, that if you when you watch the show, if someone sounds pitchy or does something, like, they don't ask people, they don't put people through that whole process um, to not be good. To, to give you like we're giving you a wide variety of people that are really good and people that aren't good um if someone like is really pitchy or does something um it's because of the nerves yeah. like right. it's almost mm. always on that show of course it's because of the nerves it's not because they picked out somebody who was like to to like oh, you to know like to make to diversify yeah. the the you know the range of artists that they have on everybody that's there was wicked good we would have like jams at night and we would sit around a campfire and everybody would play together and everybody was really talented Amazing. you know not everybody like writes songs and does a lot of kind of stuff, but like it was Jordan, summer camp. Jordan Fire Jam. Totally yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, campfire jams are the best. Drum circles. So and how we're do you like work at with this hotel where you're not supposed to tell anybody why you're there. So there oh, are god. other people who are staying at the hotel who are just like, actually staying there on vacation or something. Yeah, you're like, what are you guys What's doing uh, here? This is the deal. Campfire. Yeah. yeah. Like, this is the coolest hotel ever. <laughs> We're going to come back here year after year after year. They'll tell us, like, yes. It was a weird hotel, actually. They had, they had, like, some weird conferences. We were there. They had they definitely had, like, a, a like an S&M conference. They yeah. had a, uh, they they had a Xena conference. Where everyone, had, like, big, small, tall, they were all dressed up as Xena. They had wow. different, wow. all kinds of different, big, like. Big, small, tall. It was very interesting. Um, so this might sound cheesy, but I, I just want to know, if, because you guys have very different personalities, but like still in the blind audition, when the chairs turn around and 
someone like Adam Levine, like I don't know how you feel about Adam Levine. I think he's insanely talented. But yeah. to hear someone like like you're you're still on national TV, so that's like still happening. Right. And then there's this guy who's like insanely accomplished, and he's like, "This was the best thing I've ever seen ever on this show ever." Like, just continued the sur- surreal dream. <laughs> now going back, we've seen we've seen more of the show, and I will say that like they definitely have a tendency of like he he says things like favorites and stuff a lot. Mm-hmm. So it's like it, it takes some of the wind out of it a little bit because you're like, well, he likes, but I he, I think he legitimately really liked our treatment of it. I think there was something about the timing that was really good for him. Um, I know that he was like in a movie where he was part of like a male female duo in the movie, he played mm-hmm. the role of a male in the that duo. And then um, and then like the Be- I don't know if you remember but that was when the anniversary of what was the Beatles anniversary? Mm-hmm. 40th anniversary of them yep. playing on TV for the That's first right. time. That's right. Of the Sullivan performance. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of there's a lot around that. It was a lot of serendipity for us. Yeah. And there's more serendipity to come in part two of our conversation with Don and Hawks. Until then, go check out Don and Hawks. Go see them live. Go watch their stuff online. Listen to their stuff on whatever digital platform you use. Buy their music in whatever form you like. But go listen. They're so, so, so good. You can find Don and Hawks on social media, Spotify, and other online music retailers around Austin, touring the country, and on their website, www.donandhawks.com. In the next episode, we will finish our conversation with Don and Hawks and expose the secrets of the universe. Just kidding. But we will finish our combo, and it will be riveting. That's it for me. Go like On Common Ground at facebook.com slash ocgpodcast. Visit us online at ocgpodcast.com. Follow us or tweet at us on Twitter at ocgmusicpodcast. Seriously. 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 Season one, eight episodes down, six to go. I'll talk at you some more in the next episode. Later!